Well, good morning again. We're glad that you're here doing church with us. I'm really excited to resume our message this, uh, this morning, our Christmas message that we started. I hope you all had a, a good weekend. At Westbrook's, we had an awesome weekend. And, you know, the weekend's not over. Sunday's the, the best uh, part of the weekend, the best day of the weekend, I think. And, uh, did any, we got any Alabama fans in the house? A couple of you? Yeah, did y'all pay, watch the game last night? Man, it was made me a little nervous. Uh, we, man, Florida was a good team, but, man... SEC champs once again. I just had to slip that in there, a little roll tide. Roll tide, roll tide. Uh, all is well in the world. <laughs> the only thing that went right in 2020, right? <laughs> oh, man, we won the SEC. Anyway, I'm off on all sorts of rabbit trails. Anyway, uh, but we're glad you're here this morning. We're going to be resuming our Christmas carols message, our Christmas message that we've started uh, a couple weeks back. And so, this Christmas, you know, we've been we've been doing something different, and so each uh, each Sunday we've been singing a worship to, uh, a Christmas carol during worship, right? And then we've been using that carol uh, as part of our message and just studying it out. And uh, it's so it's so amazing and so awesome that Christmas carols that they're, they're worship, but they're also just the the message of the gospel, right? It's just it's just the message of the gospel, and they're just they're so beautiful beautifully put together. They're even almost so plain and simple, but they're so powerful. Uh, and they help us get into the, the spirit of Christmas, really, which is the message of, of who Jesus Christ is. And, and Christmas carols, they tell the story, right, of the most monumental event to ever take place, right? The mon- most monumental event of, of the presence of God in the earth, the, the gift of who Jesus Christ freely given for anyone who will come see and believe, right? And it's not just a Christmas story, it's a Christmas event, right? Because it's reality for you and for me, right? Any believers in the house? Right? It's not just a story, it's, it's real. Uh, it's what faith is all about. And so Christmas carols, they do just that. And so on part three today, we sung it this morning, we're going to be looking at Hark the Herald Angels Sing, okay? And so we got some cool uh, history, some trivia uh, some information, I guess, if you want to say. Before we get into this, I thought was was cool and interesting. Uh, just some, some trivia about how this carol came to be, who wrote it. Uh, and so today's Christmas carol, like I said, is Hark the Herald, Angels Sing. Uh, this carol was written by Charles Wesley, uh, who is John Wesley's brother. Anybody know who John Wesley is? Right, not, not our very own John Wesley Bryant uh, from our Arab campus, uh, but the original John Wesley who founded the Methodist Church, right, mighty man of God. So his brother actually wrote uh, this Christmas carol. And man, as I read the rest of this, it makes me feel like I need to get, get my, my butt, so to speak, in gear and do some things. Because look at this. It says he wrote 6,500 hymns. He wrote his first hymn at the age of 31, and he was 80 when he died. So if you do the math on all that, that means he wrote an average of 132 songs a year. That is amazing, ain't it? 132 songs a year. As I, as I read that and, and, and communicate that to you, I see a man who was in love with God. <laughs> right? Everything that he did was probably writing songs, making songs, Putting words together, the message of the gospel, right? That is amazing. Somebody who was, who was moved uh, by, by the goodness of God, right? So awesome, so awesome. Makes me, you know, he didn't, it says it didn't, um, uh, he didn't get started until he was 31, right? So I'm 35. I guess I'm not too far behind the ball. I, I, I'm trying to get some things together, right, for the glory of God. Amen. But, so let's look at that next point. 
Uh, it's that, that first line in the song. Last week we sung it together. How are y'all singing lungs this morning? Y'all been pretty quiet so far. So you want me just to read it this morning? Sing it? If I sing it, you better not leave me hanging. I feel like second service left me hanging last week. There we go. We got some laughter. Y'all are here. Praise God. So y'all sing it with me. It's, it's the, Christmas is in like four days. Amen. So one, two, three. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Man, that sounded good, I thought. That sounded good. Not as good as Haley, but it was all right. Praise God. His, I love his joy. I love his laughter and his presence. And so uh, we're really going to be, that, 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 whole, that whole statement, that whole verse is a Christmas verse, but we're really going to focus in on that last little statement, that last couple words that God and sinners reconciled. That's what we're going to look at today because that little statement, it says a lot. God and sinners reconciled. We're going to study what reconciled means, and it means that there is a, there is a debt God and his creation were not in right standing. Something had to be done. Something had to happen. And what that something was was the gift of Jesus Christ in the earth to make you and make me right again with God. There was something that had to be dealt with. There was sin. There's, there's issues. There's evil in the world, and it had to be dealt with. Amen. And, and through Jesus, he's done that. God and sinners reconciled. The beginning of that, that whole verse, as you were singing this morning, did anybody know what hark the herald means? Somebody's being honest. And so I looked it up because, you know what, I was saying, I don't really know if I know what that means. So here's a little extra trivia for you this morning. Hark is just a, a fancy word for listen. It's, a, it's, a, it's like the modern day, hey, like, hey, hey, I got something to tell you. I got some, some listen, attention, attention, right? Uh, and herald is just a, a, another fancy word for, does anybody have any guesses? For You ever heard of like the herald uh, newspaper or something? It, it means news or, or report. And so literally what we're singing is, hey, listen, we got some good news. The angels have a message for you. Right? The message that something brand new is about to happen, right? The birth of God in creation is some big news, right? And they're saying, listen, the King of Kings, peace on earth, God's peace offering. God literally uh, birthed his presence as a peace offering to reconcile God and man, God and people. Right? Let's look at Luke 2, uh, 7 through 14. It's our Christmas scripture. We've been using it each week. And it's really, uh, Luke 2 is the best Christmas version uh, of, of the events that took place, right? And so verse 7, it says, She uh, gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, excuse me, uh, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. The angels reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I'll bring you 
good news that will bring great joy to all people. Somebody say all people. Great news that will bring great joy to all people, right? No matter if you, you live in America, Africa, Australia, if you're rich, you're poor, you're big, you're small, you're white, you're black, whatever. To all people, I got good news. Hey, hark, the herald. Listen, I got good news for all people, right? The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. Right? Heaven was rejoicing, throwing a party for what God was about to do, right? As they revealed it to the shepherds, I believe they were, heaven revealed it to the shepherds so that they could see heaven was rejoicing. Heaven was telling the creation, you need to throw a party because something big and new is about to happen, right? God is, he's making a way. Jesus was not just answered prayer. He was, if you look and read back in the Old Testament, Isaiah, Jeremiah, all the prophets, he was the culmination of, of prophets and prayers and the, the thing that they were praying and believing and waiting for, the Messiah to come, has happened today in Bethlehem, they say. Right? They were rejoicing. They were throwing a party for the king of kings to make his way, right? Heaven and earth were celebrating for all of what God had done. Let's look at that next point. So this carol that we're looking at today, it reminds us of one of the great truths of Christmas. And Christmas, through Jesus, God does so much. Uh, there's not even a word to describe probably everything that, that Jesus does for us, right? There's salvation, there's freedom, there's forgiveness of sins, there's, there's, there's you could go on, and on and on. And so one of the things that this Christmas carol reminds us of, a truth, is that that God has reconciled sinners. Right? We're going to look at the Bible today. We're going to see that we're all without Jesus. We're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. And we all need a Savior. Right? We all need the presence of God to be saved, reconciled, redeemed. And so this Christmas carol, Christmas is a divine act of reconciliation. God was in Christ settling the debt. Somebody say debt. Of our sin, literally reconciling our spiritual account with God. All of that. So, so if you study that word reconcile, it means to settle a debt or to equal out. And so each one of us, we all have a, a, a spiritual account with God. Did you know that? If you reconcile something or rectify something, like if you balance your checkbook... You know, you have to reconcile the numbers. If you spend this much, you have to, you have to even it out. You have to equal it out. And, and so each and every one of us have a spiritual account. We, we can live in the red, uh, doing things we're not supposed to do, doing uh, sin, sin, just sin, living in sin. Or, or we can live in the green, so to speak, which is uh, living, abiding in Christ. Right? And so that's what, through Christmas, God did. He reconciled our debt. He, he paid us. He, he paid, paid it in full. We all have a spiritual account. Things we've done, things we've fallen short. And Jesus, he reconciles that for us. So Christmas is really that, that peace offering through Christ, that he does that 
for us. He settles our debt. And we all have a debt that needs to be paid that has to be settled. Amen? Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21. I'm going to go ahead and uh, skip to 17, Drew. It says, uh, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. Right? That is an amazing scripture. We all know it. It's true. Through Jesus, you can have a new life, a, a clean slate. He pays your debt. He reconciles the things you've done wrong with God. He brings us into right standing with God. But verse 18, it goes on. It says, all this is from God who what? Reconciled. Right? That's what we're talking about. The reconciliation of God that happens through Christ. Redeeming man for the things that we've done reconciled us through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So the cool thing is God, he reconciles us, but he also wants us to go and tell everybody about the reconciliation that he's done for us, right? He saves us, he reconciles us, and then he, the ministry of that reconciliation is something that we take on. We said a couple weeks ago, when God does something amazing in our lives, right? we can't help but go and share and speak the gospel. We read about the shepherds, and after they went and saw Jesus, what the angels had said, they, what they do? They went and told everyone right, of the goodness of God and what the miracle of God that they saw. And so it's the same for you and me. And so verse 19, it says that uh, God was reconciling the world through himself and Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Praise God, not counting our sins against us anymore. Yes, praise the Lord. I'm thankful that, that through Christ, Ian is not judged on the things that I've, I've done. As long as I'm abiding in Christ and ask forgiveness for those things. I'm no longer judged. God sees Ian through the, the blood and through the veil of the life of Christ. Right? And as he was committed to us this message of reconciliation, uh, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That is crazy and upside down and backwards, right? God made him who knew no sin to be the righteousness of him so that you and I may experience righteousness through him, right? You could say it like this. Jesus Christ took the death that you and I deserved, paid the penalty for your actions and said, you know what? They're guilty. They deserve this death. They deserve hell and the grave and judgment of God. But I love them so much. God, don't do that to them. I'll go instead. Right? I'll go instead and take the punishment for what they deserve. That's how good God is. That's what Christmas is all about. And see, but that can't happen until Christ first is born, right? None of that happens unless God first gives Christ to the earth, right? And that's the Christmas miracle of Jesus brought forth God's divine 
plan and of redemption, reconciliation in the earth for man, uh, for woman, for his creation, for his mankind, right? And in that moment, when that happened, heaven was thrown a party, earth was thrown a party, because in that moment, sin and evil, uh, all the things no longer had control, because the King of Kings, the Messiah, right, had made his way. The sovereignty of God through Jesus Christ had made its way. Christ, the King of Kings, was here, right? The reconciliation had begun. All they had to do was to look, see, and believe, uh, and those things were available to anyone who would believe. That next point. So before Jesus could go to the cross, he first had to be born and, be, and come to earth and be born in a body like yours and mine. He had to, to take on flesh, okay? He had to take on flesh so that he could take on our sin because he was in a body like yours and mine. Jesus never sinned, but he had temptation. He goes through the, the same things that you and I go through, and I believe that's why Jesus Christ, so many people believe in him because it's a way for us to identify with God because he lived in a body like, like mine, and so I can relate to him, right? It brings the deity of God into a, a setting that I can see and, and, and recognize and relate to. And so Jesus had to do that. And it's through our faith in him that we're reconciled in the spirit. And that we get to take on his righteousness. To be righteous means to be in right standing with God. It means our accounts are settled and no more debt. That's what righteous means, to be in right standing with God. How do I get in right standing with God? I have to believe that Jesus is. Right? Righteous doesn't mean that I'm right. See, we live in a day and age where everybody wants to be the smartest person in the room. They want to be the right person in the room all the time. Right? And so righteous doesn't mean that I'm right. It means that I know God is right and I'm wrong. And in that revelation, the righteousness of Christ is mine. Being righteous is knowing that God is right and I am wrong. And when that happens, freedom can happen. Liberation can happen. Righteousness becomes ours. The same righteousness uh, that Jesus has, right? It's only through him, though. And so Jesus, he became flesh to, to save us. To, to save us. And so that we could also, once again, identify with the righteousness of God. We're going to look at the, um, uh, really the, the reason we, we have sin is because we're born into sin. Because of the first sin of Adam and Eve, right? And so he, he came to save not just us of, of my sin and your sin, but also to rectify and reconcile the act of the first sin that ever happened. And so... But he, he came to save us from that and from that and also so that we could identify again with God. Because if you're saying, I'm a sinner and I need to be made right with God, the only way I can do that is through Jesus, something has to happen. And so when, 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 when I see Jesus for who he is, I can once again begin to identify with God. He saves us and includes us in his righteousness, by his righteousness, uh, so that we can also be made righteous. Look at Romans 3.23. It says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Each and every one of us, like I'm saying, 
We have a sin issue because we are born into sin, right? Little baby Xander, he, he's perfect and beautiful, but he is going to sin, right? You don't, I've said this before, you don't have to teach your, ki- your kids how to lie, right? <laughs> they naturally know how to lie. It's because it's generational. We're born into sin. That's why we can't identify with God. That's what Jesus does. He makes it to, to reconcile that situation so that I can be made right with God because God is right and I'm wrong. I need his righteousness to reconcile, to rectify that spiritual account. Right? Romans 6, 23. It says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The wages of sin is death, right? The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. That's what Christmas is. God so loved, he gave. And so every day, we have a choice to make, right? I say this all the time. I can choose what I think. I can choose what I say. I can choose what I believe. I can speak and think the way that the world does. I can say and speak and think the way they do at work. Uh, Or I can say and speak and think the way God does. Right? And I can have what I say. I can think life. I can speak life. I can not just be positive, but actually believe that God is going to do something to help me, to help my situation, to to help me in my season, to whatever it is, right? Each day we get to choose. And it's only because of Jesus is reconciling us through the miracle of Christmas that he came, right? And, and then the good news of reconciliation as he reconciles that debt and brings us in the right standing, it, it cancels all the things of my past. It cancels all my shortcomings. It cancels everything. Right, and we think of this. We live in a day right now of this of this this phrase that's going around. Right, a cancel culture. Anybody paying attention? A cancel culture. Right, they want to cancel Christmas. There are people trying to cancel Christmas. There are people that were trying to cancel things. They're trying to cancel every and any good thing that they can. It's crazy. Well, how cool is this? Jesus Christ cancels your sin. Any and every bad thing, bad thought, anything you've ever done, thought about doing, you want to talk about cancel culture. Jesus cancels that out. Come on, somebody. Anybody thankful? Yes. White as snow, the Bible says, by the blood of the Lamb. That's the kind of God I can believe in. That's the kind of Savior I need. That's somebody that I can trust. That's somebody that I'll do something for because He's doing that for me. That's somebody that I'll love and follow because He trusts you that much. He trusts you and loves you that much that he would do that. And so Jesus, he cancels that debt. And so he cancels not just that debt for you and me, but he also reconciles that first sin that ever happened. 
Okay, let's look at, let's look at Romans 5, 12 through 21. And so Paul, he's, he's laying this out of this generational uh, sin issue that we have. Right? Like I said, that we're born into. And so it says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given. So people, when Adam and Eve chose not to do it God's way, the first sin entered the world. The law was not yet here, the, the Ten Commandments, right, that came through Moses. And so he's saying the law wasn't given, but everyone from Adam on down sinned. We had a spiritual debt that needed to be reconciled. But it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Still, everyone died from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not dis, uh, disobey or uh, an explicit command of God as Adam did. Now, Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ who is yet to come. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam caused death to rule over many. But even greater, somebody say greater, is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man who is Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. I love this, this last um, verse. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. God's grace is bigger. God's promises are bigger. We've, we sin, we fall short, but God's grace is enough through Christ, right? God's grace is bigger. Uh, we were condemned, and rightfully so. <laughs> we deserve death, uh, but God said, right? Praise God, God said, let there be. Praise God, God said, you know what? I want to birth my presence in the earth. They've messed up, they're messed up, they said no, they sinned against me, they've left me. Uh, they worship other gods and other idols. You know what? But I got a plan. My grace is sufficient, right? It's bigger. It's enough. Grace, his name is Jesus. <laughs> He's enough. And I love that last verse. It says, because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. Yes, because of Adam's, Adam's disobedience. Anybody mad at Adam this morning? <laughs> Adam, why? 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 What was his answer? God, the woman you gave me. Right? It wasn't even anything that we did. That's why I'm born into sin. 
But it, it says, because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. Okay. But because one, who was Jesus, other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. One chose to sin, one chose to follow God. What if this Christmas, our own personal obedience to follow God was the breakthrough somebody need to, 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 to bring the power to the end of someone else's sin in their own life? Because I'm not saying you and I can be Jesus. We're supposed to live and look like Jesus. And because Jesus followed God, he'd set captives free. What if this Christmas, when we follow God, we could set captives free? Because of our faith. Because of my love that I show. Because of the, the joy and the peace that I walk in. To, to, to magnify who God is in the earth. Because right? that's what God calls us to do, to be the light of the world, to be the salt of the earth, right? Let's look at that next point. It says, Adam's sin created a spiritual deficit that separated us from God. All humanity since Adam had been ruled, um, been ruled by sin and death. Adam's original sin is the death that Jesus reconciled. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection reconciled all humanity, past, present, and future. All we have to do is believe and receive Jesus as Lord. That, 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 that statement we give you says a lot, but at the end of it, it ties it up like a perfect little Christmas bow on a present, right? All you have to do is simply believe. And, and believing, all I have to do is simply receive that free gift by my faith. I said a couple weeks back, right, trying to, trying to uh, bring, the, bring Christmas into the message. It's as simple as just opening a Christmas gift, right? None of us are going to let a Christmas, gift, a Christmas gift just go to waste, right? We're going to open every single Christmas gift that we get. The first ever Christmas gift ever given was, was the gift of Jesus Christ to the earth, to the world. Right? And every day we get to choose, am I going to open that gift? Am I going to tap into who God is and his presence? Am I going to use that thing that God has freely given me? Or am I just going to let it set uh, and collect dust over in a corner somewhere? Right? All we have to do is just simply believe and receive that free gift. Right? Romans 8, 1 through 4. It says... Uh, therefore, now uh, there is what no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. If you do not have that that uh, verse highlighted, underlined, starred in your Bible, do that. <laughs> Highlight it, underline it. Do something to make you remember that in Christ you there is no condemnation. Because we beat ourselves up sometimes. We're our own worst critics. We. We know the things that we deal with, right? We know the thoughts that we have. And a lot of times we, we, we forget that we are righteous in Christ. If you are doing what God asks, if you are following God with your heart, remember that there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, if you're not abiding in Christ, that's another story, right? There, there's sin that has to be dealt with. 
there's a spiritual deficit that has to be dealt with. And sometimes we can talk ourselves out of the will of God and find ourselves in that place. That's a whole other situation. But I'm saying if you are, if you are doing what God asks you, and sometimes, sometimes when you're doing that, you, it, gets, it feels like it gets tougher. You know, uh, just remind you, right? remind yourself, you know what? I'm called. God's got me. I'm favored. I'm doing everything that he's asking me to. I'm going to stay faithful as I, as I stay put, right, to hold out for that promise of God in my life. Verse 2, it says, For the law of the Spirit of God in Christ um, has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was uh, weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeliness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned the sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law will be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, uh, but according to the Spirit. And so that's why, that's why God had to come in a body like yours and like mine. And so if we are in Christ, there's no condemnation. If I'm in Christ, I have hope, right? If I'm in Christ, there's, there's salvation. If I'm in Christ, there's, there's untapped potential in our lives, right? There's righteousness. I'm, I'm made right in my relationship with God through Christ. The flip side of that is scary. If I'm outside of Christ, right, all those things I said don't apply to me. If I'm outside of Christ, I have no hope. I have no real lasting joy. I have no salvation. It's me, myself, and I, and my sin, and my dark secrets, Right? And all those things. And we can't fix those things on our own. That's why I need God. Right? That next point. See, because the world is, is doing it its own way. We can talk ourselves into trying to do it our own way. Excuse me. And so, hear me. Doing right doesn't make you righteous. Doing right does not make you righteous being spiritually reconciled to God does. <laughs> you can't just uh, be a good person and do right and, and be righteous in the eyes of God. You can only be made righteous in the eyes of God when you are reconciled by God through Jesus. Salvation can never be earned. It is a gift that must be received by faith. Right? That's, it's that simple. A lot, of, a lot of people, I think, out in the world, they, they believe you can just live your life and be what? Right? Be a good person. You might ask them, do you think you're going to go to heaven one day? And they'll say, mm, yeah or no. They might say, yeah, because, you know, I, I'm a good person. You know what the problem with that is? If you're a good person, you're a good person based on the standards of your own life and your own standards, right? And somebody else is basing themselves on being a good person by their own, their own life and their own standards. And so on Judgment Day, we're not going to be based on our own personal standards. We're going to be judged based on the standard of God. And do you know what the Word of God says? We've already read it, that all have sinned and all fall short. Right? And that is... We've fallen short, but praise God, through Jesus, we've been reconciled, <laughs> right? That's how I made right, through him, 
That's the gift. We're only going to enter in the gates by the precious blood of the Lamb, right? God's going to look at your life and say, either you applied the blood of Jesus on your life, there's proof and there's evidence in your life that you did, or there's proof and evidence in your life that you didn't. And that's going to be it. It ain't going to be, oh, I'm a good person. I did this for that one person that one time. You know, did you accept Jesus? Well, no. That'll be it. That'll be it. Romans 3, 22 through 26. It says, we're made right with God by what? Placing our faith in Jesus Christ. You can highlight that too. That's it. How am I made right with God? Through my faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone who has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. And standards I'm talking about. And then 24 says, yet God with undeserved kindness declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life. Shedding his blood, the sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. Let's look at that last point. So, remember, people don't go to hell because of what they have done. I talked about this a little bit last week, that God doesn't send anybody to hell. They go to hell because they reject what Jesus has done. <laughs> That's a good statement. No one goes to hell because of what they've done. They go to hell because they reject of what Jesus has done to come and save them from their sin. I said last week that God doesn't send anybody to hell, right? We send ourselves by denying God, denying Christ over and over and over again in our lives. And so the only way to be reconciled, the only way to be uh, uh, righteous is through the blood of God. I know I'm hammering this nail on the head like over and over today. I know a lot of us know this and believe it, but it's a good reminder, right? That, that apart from him, aside from him, I can do nothing good. The only good in me is the God in me, right? Is, is the God in me. And so John three sixteen through 18, I've, I've always said that John 3.16 is, is a Christmas scripture uh, because, it, because it is. It's, you know, at Christmas, we give gifts, right? Uh, at verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave a gift, the most precious gift that he could give. Uh, and I'm so glad that he gave, the, gave the, his best, right? Does anybody go to, uh, to Dollar Tree and get all your stocking stuffers there? Some honest folks. <laughs> Are you glad that God didn't go to Dollar Tree and skimp on your stocking, so to speak? Right? He, he, he got the best money he could buy. He gave the best that he could ever offer. That's how much he loves and cares about us. Right? So that everyone, someone say everyone, who believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Not to judge the world, but to save it. You know what? This Christmas, let's, let's stop judging others from afar. Because if the, the, the God uh, loved me, he didn't judge me, then I need to love others and to not judge others. Right? Verse 18, it says, There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. 
But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. What does it take? All it takes, all you need, is your faith in God through Christ that reconciles you, that sets you free, that redeems you, that, that gives you a not guilty verdict, right? All because God gave. Man, I want to do something a little different today. Can we get the lights dimmed down? I want to ask you all to join me in prayer, however you want to do that, if you like to bow your head or close your eyes or whatever you do. Um, I just felt like the Lord said he wanted me to pray for those who believe this morning. And so if you believe uh, that Jesus is, right, you believe in the miracle of Christmas, you believe that God sent his son this morning, I want you right now just to lift your hand or, or both hands or whatever you want to do. A lot of believers in the house this morning. And, and I just want to pray over all the believers this morning. All the believers. I see all the hands, all the people. We thank you, God. Lord, God sees you. God knows you. This can be the best Christmas you've ever had, if you want it to be. I just want to affirm in, in, in you that, that God loves you. He hasn't forgot about you. You're still one of his favorites. He sees your faith. He sees what you're doing. He's, he hears your prayers. Those things that you're praying about every day, he hears those. I just want to come in agreement with those prayers right now. For all these hands lifted up, God. Lord, I, I don't know what they're praying about in their daily, their daily lives, Lord, but I pray that you would answer at least one of those prayers this Christmas in Jesus' name. Maybe all of those prayers on Christmas in Jesus' name. I don't know, God. I come in agreement with those prayers. God, God you see our prayers as, a, as an aroma of incense that pleases you. God, because we're asking, we're seeking, we're knocking, we're trusting in you. Lord, and I thank you for these people's faith. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I just hear the best Christmas yet. The best Christmas yet for us this, this year. Father God, Lord, we, God, we love you, God, and we thank you. Lord, I pray that you would, you would do these things and you would ask, um, that we would ask you, continue to ask and continue to believe for these things. Lord, you're so good. You're so, I don't want to say magical. God, your majesty, Lord, is, ex exceeds any and everything that there ever could be. Nothing comes against you, God. You're the Alpha, the Omega. God, you're the King of Kings. You are grace. God, you are love. You are power. Lord, I pray that we remember that this Christmas. God, as we gather at Christmas with our family and friends, Lord, I pray that the first thing we do that Christmas, this Christmas morning, God, is would be thankful that you gave. That we would remember why we're celebrating what we're celebrating. God, in all Christmas Day, as we go through all the things that we do, God, we would literally, we would literally walk as Jesus does. God, we would have joy and have, have excitement and have, have peace as we do all the things on Christmas. God, because it's all because of you and by you and through you. God, we ask this in, in faith, God, because we love you. God, we ask it now. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, 
Amen. Amen. Give God a hand if you want. Well, we love y'all very much. Okay, Merry Christmas. Uh, y'all are dismissed. I hope you have a great rest of your Sunday, and we hope to see you next week, okay?